Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. I'm back. I had a week off. I had a week off. Um, I decided to, my, my brain was a bit scrambled. Um, we went away and we did lots of cool things for the summer holidays. We did Legoland and Warwick Castle and took the little one out just to spend some quality family time. But today I'm, I'm joined with Joe Cunningham, who we, we just chatted before you hit record. Uh, we, did, we did this interview uh, in August last uh, 2019. And I, I listened back to that interview just to get some tips on, you know, what was at the festival, the folk festival, a couple of years ago. And it was after a night shift. I wandered onto a field at the Westmid Showground. I kept calling it the Shrewsbury Showground. Uh, I sounded drunk. I was just because I was just so tired. But um, I'm glad we can do this properly today. Joe, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Yeah, uh, 2019, such a distant memory now, right? It seems like a different lifetime. A lot has happened <laughs> since then, I have to say. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to getting back and doing it all again in a week's time. Or yeah, when when you when you're planning something um, like now in, in what is uh, I don't like using the word the COVID era, but that's I guess that's what we have to call it now is the COVID era. Can you use 2019 as a template, or is it a case of right? We need to throw this out, throw that out, we need to do things COVID safe. What what goes into Yeah, um, well, you know, that basically has consumed our lives for sort of the last mm. 18 months, basically. I mean, obviously, it, was, it became obvious early on last year that there was no way we were going to be able to have a, a physical festival because obviously an event the size of ours, you have to plan so much so far in advance. So you have to book your stages, you have to book, you know, all your infrastructure and your mm. artists and your foreign artists and all that kind of stuff. You have to book it so far in advance. So as I say, it became obvious early on last year that we weren't going to be able to do it. And we held a very successful virtual festival, which was great as a bit of a placeholder for, you know, people who would usually have been with us on August bank holiday weekend, but as great as it was, and it was really great. It, nothing beats being back in those fields and back together. So obviously we were determined, absolutely determined that at, if at all costs we could have a festival this year, we would, um, we're a very determined bunch. Um, there are other big festivals in our calendar and in the festival world, the folk festival world, who haven't gone ahead this year, for example, like Cambridge, Waymad, um, Cropredy. Um, so we are one of the very few sort of big folk festivals that is actually going ahead, and we're really proud of that. But we have just, you know, we have been so determined to make it possibly happen if we can. So... Yeah, I mean, we obviously we've got uh, more than 20 years history of, of organising the festival. So we've got a pretty decent blueprint. But there are things that we had to look at, for example, like, you know, when we book our stages, for example, in January or February, we had no idea what COVID restrictions might be in August. You know, we were hoping it would be like this and we wouldn't have any. But you couldn't run the risk of booking one of the normal big marquees that we have Um you know, where everybody is under one roof, because what would happen if there were COVID restrictions and you couldn't have people sitting within a metre or two metres of each other? So, you know, we had um, people drawing up, you know, computer-based models. And, you know, if we had a, a marquee this size and we have social distancing, how many people could we get in it? Um, so we decided sort of fairly early on, I think, in about March that we would be having outdoor stages even if, you know, we're in the situation that we are in now where there's no social distancing, you don't have to wear a mask. 
Um, you know, you can go around and hug people. Um, but we had to make a decision. If we wanted the festival to happen, how could we ensure it could happen? So the biggest thing that people will notice this weekend will be um, that we have open air stages. Um, we have one less uh, main stage than normal. Normally we have three big stages. We've only got two this year um, and they are the open air stages. So the kind of thing you see at Glastonbury um, and they're in one of them is in a slightly different location. Normally it's in the centre of the site and it's actually in a top field at the very end. Um, so we've literally got the kind of the two big stages will be bookending the site um, and they'll be facing into the site because we've had um, a sound expert um, who has looked at the best way to ensure that, you know, there's minimal disruption for residents. So in answer to your original question about three hours ago, um, <laughs> yes, there has been a lot of um, COVID-related planning going on. It has been all-consuming for the last um, 18 months, but I really hope that we've got something, we've managed to create something this weekend that will be what people know and love about Shrewsbury and what creates that amazing atmosphere, but is a safe environment for them to be in. I think Shrewsbury's been really lucky actually, because like there were the, the, the festival schedule. Um, I mean, I, I get press releases through all the time and emails and it's one event and there's another event and another event and another event. And the Shrewsbury Biscuit wants to be a part of all these things. And I'm kind of like, I don't have enough room in my calendar. That's that's literally what it's mm. like at the moment. So um, you're saying this festival's been cancelled all, all across the UK, but I think Shrewsbury's like kind of lucky in a way. Um, Shrews Shrewsbury's some... Festival Central, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that's one of the reasons the university chose to do their sort of festival degree um in Shrewsbury because you know we have so many amazing festivals ongoing you know our mm. festival cartoon festival food festival you know it is we are festival central yeah and we went to uh we, we were at the mother smiles we uh we set up a, a studio there and we we, we got lo lots of great interviews and stuff but when it came to uh, the, the the main stage and where people were crowded around I, I feel like people have got it sort of sort of built into people to sort of socially distance now that people aren't cramming in as much as they would originally so even though that you're saying oh there's no social distance not to do that i think people are kind of like no actually i prefer to you know it's weird isn't it yeah i mean i think we've all you know we all live our lives very differently you know now to how we did a couple of um years ago you know we have we offered people the opportunity to roll over their tickets when we first announced that we'd be having open air stages um, and also because we know that not everybody is particularly comfortable in, you know, being back in the real world. Um, and, you know, I think that is one of the advantages that we have got as a festival this year with the open air stages. You know, people can bring their picnic blankets and their chairs. They can set up their little area um, and they don't, you know, they aren't necessarily going to be standing in a mosh pit rubbing shoulders with, you know, five different people um you know that just wouldn't be safe this year um yeah so yeah we, we we're pretty you know certain that we've we, we've got it we, we we've put together the infrastructure that will keep people as safe as they want to be i mean you know addition, all the extra stuff we've done so additional hand sanitizing stations around the site we're asking everybody who's coming to take a lateral flow test um you know we're uh, our audience is a, a pretty honest bunch um 
so you know we're not asking for evidence to see that but obviously if they are coming and they've taken a lateral flow test and turn out to be positive please don't come um <laughs> and they will get and they will get a refund um but yeah i think we you know because we don't we really want to be able to capture the magic of Shrewsbury. It's really hard to describe to people who've not been to the festival um, and experienced it, kind of what the atmosphere is like. Um, but it is kind of all the things that come together. So the whole infrastructure that we build, our volunteers, all the people who go, we just create this really magical atmosphere. Um, and I am hoping and I'm pretty certain that that will still be there. Um, well, despite we're, the kind of the actual physical changes to the festival this year. We're going to be there, the, the Shoes Biscuit. We're going to bring some microphones. I'm going to try and capture some of that environment and see it sort of, so you can capture it in a bottle and send it out yes. to sea so people can sort yes. of get a, get, a, get a sample of that. And we'll make some vlogs and stuff as well. It's going to be really fun um, because, you know, when it comes to folk, folk music, it, it offers so much. You can have beautiful sounding um, angel-like voices or you can have crazy violins and lots of energy and you know lots of dancing and it kind of offers that a real, a real oh, positive yeah. energy you know yeah so. i mean folk, folk music is such a broad church and i think um you know we would never ever drop the word folk from from our title because that is who we are and and that is what we do but people think our oh, folk music's not for me you know it's all <laughs> finger in your ear diddly diddly d and it is that is so far from the truth um, but, you know, the festival in itself is about a lot more than the music. The music is obviously amazing. We have, you know, everything from, you know, I mean, you've just talked about, you know, crashing bloody violins and this, that and the other. I mean, like the Afro Celt Sound System who are on Monday, closing the main stage on Monday, have to be seen to be believed. They are awesome. Um, but then, you know, you've got down to kind of, you know, a couple of duos with, you know, one person and a violin. So it has, you know, such a broad church of stuff to offer. But the festival itself is um, it, it's just about so much more than the music. You know, there's so many, the family activities, the workshop. I mean, obviously, I never get to see any because I'm running around like a headless chicken. Um, but, you know, craft fair, food village. But it's about that thing of, you know, being in one place with your friends and your family you know the whole kind of relaxing vibe there's a bit of music going on over there you've got a cocktail in your hand or a pint of beer um and it's just chill and relax um yeah so i think i think a lot of people in shrewsbury because it's kind of tucked away down that sort of site at uh, the westmid showground which is a brilliant brilliant site for us it's absolutely fantastic um and the team there you know worked really hard to get the site looking awesome for us um but because it's kind of like not in the centre of town and people can't sort of walk past it and see it, they don't actually realise how huge it is. And I think the amount of people who've come up to me over the years and just went, I didn't realise. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not entirely sure what they're expecting. I'm not I'm, whether they're expecting like, you know, one of those big white marquees and a few hay bales. But, you know, then they come down and they see like a stage you would see at Glastonbury um, and that whole kind of vibe and, flags and tents and people and and then just like oh my god this i didn't realize what it was i didn't realize it was so big 
But this is what happens when, I mean, like, I've got a huge problem with music segregation from, like, your charts, the stuff you play on the radios, you know, when it, like, um, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm an 80s kid, I grew up for the 90s, and music always seemed to be in one place, right? You listen to the radio, you'd listen to, I don't know, there'd be a little bit of Linkin Park, and there would be a Britney, bit of Britney Spears and a bit of Will Smith, mm. whatever it is that was on there. If, if a bit of folk music was incorporated into your you know, normal radio and people could hear it and, and appreciate it. I think maybe it'd have a bit more, people would be more understanding as to actually what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, you know, that is the, people think, Oh, you know, there's a, there's a folk show on BBC radio too, which is fabulous. Um, and does, you know, in a, in a short hour, try and showcase a little bit about what folk music is, but there's stuff that you would hear on mainstream radio that would, be perfectly at home at the festival this is what I mean you know you can literally in the space of a few hours at the festival go from seeing something really really lively to just one person and a guitar um so you know I kind of always think you know people should perhaps come along you know come along for the day see what it's about I think you'll be suitably impressed and surprised and then you know next year come along for the weekend we have so many people who live locally literally like in the nearest possible street you could get to the showground <laughs> and camp and camp for the weekend because wow. it's all about that festival experience it's not just about you know a day out and going out there obviously it is a great day out but it <laughs> is that whole kind of you know being with your mates being with your friends um yeah relaxing and god do we all need that after the last 18 months you know the thought of sitting with my friends in you know, a field, listening to some music with, uh, you know, a cold glass of wine in my hand just fills me full of joy. It's, um, it really is, it, it, it's so rewarding after such a long time. And uh, the first big event we covered post-COVID was the, um, was the Battle of Shrewsbury um, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, uh, Battlefield there. And, like, you know, a lot of what we heard was, I've waited so long for this, you know, the, the relief in people being able to go out and do what they enjoy, you know, and um, I think I think mm. it's something to be said about, you know, being stuck inside and then all of a sudden being able to, to go out there and have a bit of fun. And now, like, when it comes to the, the music itself, I have been doing a bit of research, but listening to a lot of the acts, uh, and one of my favourite was Kate Rusby, um, who I'd never mm. heard of before, but because of your website, I have now. And there's one of the, I don't know who wrote uh, the write-up on the, on the website, but there's one, there's one uh, quote, here kate's soulful vocals resonate with the wistful beauty of an earthbound angel <laughs> i thought that was an amazing quote i listened to her voice uh, and i was like i literally wrote this is correct <laughs> <The end of that. laughs> she's 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 often referred to i think and if i get this right as the barnsley nightingale i think because she's from barnsley she's a good yorkshire lass um, she's very down to earth, um, but she does have this angelic voice. And a lot of people will, a lot of people, mainstream people who, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a folky, I don't listen to folk music, will know her stuff because she gets played on radio too and stuff like that quite a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. She did the, um, she sang, and I've got to get this, I don't know if I'm going to get the show right, but she sang the theme tune for a BBC One comedy show with Dawn French. Um, oh, wow. I can't think. Was it called Jam in Jerusalem or something like that? Um, so a lot of people will know her voice. And her voice is one of those voices that when you hear it, 
you know it's Kate Rusby. It can't possibly be anybody else. It is Kate Rusby. Um, and she, yeah, she's she's wonderful. She's really wonderful. And our audiences absolutely love her. And she's one of those that always tops the, who do you want to see back? And it's always Kate, 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 Kate. And justifiably oh. so. I'm sure she loves it. I'm sure she, you know, really appreciates the, the because I've been speaking to a lot of musicians, artists and things about mm. what they did to sort of survive COVID and get through that. And a lot of artists and creators struggled, you know, some, some people like, I got, mm. you know, I need that. I need, uh, hey, I need the money from the festivals and the, the album sales and things, but also mm. like that, that feedback from the audience is very important. So like people not being able to go out and, and oh, perform yeah. is, you know yeah if that, um, is your, if that is your drug I guess you know and all of a sudden it gets taken away from you um I mean Kate for example was one of those who um you know probably could have sat back and said oh you know what I'm just going to take 18 months off um but she actually did a, an album called um I won't get I'm probably going to get the name wrong but it was a, an album of covers so amazing stuff like Manic Monday by the Bangles I heard that. Um, and it, yeah, and it, and it was wonderful. So a lot of them, I mean, mm. they're so resourceful. And that was kind of another, that was another major driver for us in terms of wanting to do the festival because this is the lifeblood for a lot of people. You know, they want to perform. They need to perform to pay their mortgages and their bills. Um, mm. And, you know, we, we, wanna be, we wanted to be able to put it on for them, you know, yeah. as, well as, our, as well as our visitors. Um. When it comes to this this year's festival, um, is it a case of we need to um, put something big together to bring people back, or is it a case of, in the words of the raconteurs, steady as she goes? Uh, let's just see. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, steady as she goes. That's not that's not in our vocab. Not in our vocab at <laughs> all. Um, so we've got we've got quite a reputation that's been developed over the years for. Um, uh, Americana, you know, so a lot of the kind of music that you'll find in North America and Canada, um, as well as, you know, a healthy dose of world music and then some, you know, of your traditional and more contemporary folk. That's kind of the four main tranches of what we do. Um, unfortunately, one of the things COVID um, revealed to us earlier this year is that we were really going to struggle with our international artists. So often we bring in a lot of artists from North America and Canada, mm -hmm. yeah. various other places in Europe. Um, so we had to make a decision and we made that decision in about May that there was no way we were going to be able to guarantee we could have those people, which is really sad, but we've invited them all to come uh, next year. So for example, Carlos Nunes, who is this, the most awesome Galician Piper you've ever seen. I mean, he's just incredible. Our, our audiences have been asking for him for years and we have tried to get him for years and we finally got him only for COVID to, you know, we're, <laughs> we're hoping. Yeah, exactly. So COVID had other ideas. So hopefully he's going to come next year. So we decided in May that we were going to have to go for a British based um lineup, which obviously meant we could invite people like Kate, which was wonderful. Um, we have actually though been lucky enough to get some world musicians who are based in the UK. So obviously no travel element going on there. So for example, we've got Seku Kita, who is very well known to people who've been to the festival before, who's an amazing chora player. Um, and then we've got another, uh, we've got a woman who's coming for the first time called Sona Jabate, who is just awesome. And then, you know, bands like the Afro-Celt Science System, which is made up of so many different elements. Um, 
yeah so and then we've got obviously you know some more mainstream bands that you know people will know like Lindisfarne um which is great so that's the first time we've got them at the festival so it's been a real it's been a real opportunity for us to kind of look at the the best of British and you know bring those people to the festival but there is still a good good old dose of uh, you know some British-based Americana and uh, we have actually got one American band which because lucky for us they live in Wales (laughs) so (laughs) uh, we have got them coming called Truck Stop Honeymoon who um, actually appeared at our virtual festival last year um, who are just incredible Um, so they're definitely worth looking out for. I'm I'm writing the names down for the, because um I I do another net, I have another network called USUK USUK and we talk about the differences between US and UK culture. Uh, I also I and like doesn't me plugging all my stuff but this all it all it all round up uh, a radio show called Naughty Talk and one of my one of my fans that listens every week is Ryan Berger and he was uh, we chat during Discord whilst the show is going on. He's like, oh, what's this short song? This terrible. Why are you playing this? But he's like an old man in the group. I'm like, okay, so I will give you four songs every week, Ryan. You send me four songs, I'll play them. I'll give you your own segment of the show. Crack on. We'll do it this way. And he keep and he gives give me country music, American country music. Um, I think country music could be considered as folk music in this country. Um, and I've started listening to a bit of it, and I'm kind of like, oh, it's not too bad actually. It's not too bad at all. So uh, kind of- we do, yeah. I mean, country music is certainly in the UK coming into its coming into its own. They have a big um, London-based festival called C2C, which has got a lot mm. of country. But there's definitely some, you know, element of crossover um, with folk music. We had a brilliant band in 2019 called the Cajun Country Revival, who were real kind of like you know that. Um, Louisiana type deep south music which was just which they they were just fabulous um so yeah there is definitely crossover my daughter is a massive country fan actually um so uh yeah we listen to quite a bit of country at home as well <laughs> uh, it's it's taken my fancy a little bit like I, originally I was kind of like ah but then yeah you know you, there are there are certain aspects to, to country music that I, I feel like are really important. You know, the sort of the soul, the the, the, the um the stories that they tell, and that's very similar to, to yeah. folk music. Obviously, obviously, yeah, there's very that. very similar. Storytelling yeah. is huge in in folk music. It normally involves um, uh, an illicit relationship, murder, <laughs> um, and various other things. So yeah, there's some very very dark folk songs very dark folk songs when you actually listen to the words <laughs> but yeah they're definitely you know the similarities between that and country music in terms of telling telling that story yeah it's uh it really is important and you know i i mean my, my family's in ireland and my, my, my dad and my brothers and so they're in ireland and we used to listen to a lot of whiskey in the jar and stuff genuinely it's just mm. what was always on in the car and uh so there was that in my in my, in my blood in my dna so yeah um, we, have, oh, we, have, oh, we have some amazing celtic music actually and irish bands and welsh bands so this year we've got dervish on um uh friday night who are just incredible and then we've also got a couple of really big good Welsh bands called Callan and Pendervig. Um, I think I pronounced that right. Um, but they're fabulous. They're young. I was listening to Pendervig. And they are loud. <laughs> and they're great. I mean, the energy from those bands is just awesome. I was listening to Shilana Gig. Shilana Gig. Oh, Shilana Gig. Shilana Gig, yes. They they're fun. Awful they get the fun. party started. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really... a lot of dancing your legs will be tired by the end of the weekend all that walking the... all that dancing 
This was ah great segue to my next question. I was just been looking at the map, and it's huge. <laughs> the arena is huge, especially if you're camping. Um, yeah. The arena is massive. Um, how many how many how many miles do you reckon you walk as a, as an organizer? Can, during that? Can, yeah. <laughs> so my kind of my I think I do something like about thirty thousand steps a day. Crazy crazy um, and that's over about seven or eight days because obviously the sort of setup and take down and um mm. yeah i am contemplating getting a bike <laughs> to cycle around but we have little buggies and stuff to cart things around so it's not all bad but uh, yeah your legs by the end of it are uh, certainly no certainly no I, even doing a lot of walking we i mean we're starting to venture out into festivals and stuff. That's what we wanted to do with the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We wanted to do, sort of showcase what Shrewsbury can do, you know. Mm. And so my my primary role is to observe and report, you know. So when I'm at, like, I don't know, uh, Smile of Smiles, for example, right? So I was at Mile of Smiles a few weeks ago, and I'm watching Beth Eve. I'm, I'm, she's in town. She's rushing around. I'm like, hi, Beth, how's it going? Quick couple of, co- uh, you know, uh, conversation then she's up phone's ringing and she's off again right she's off she's there she's there uh the um when she was at the west mid showground for the uh the uh the driving festival she's on a segway mm-hmm. up and down the field because she didn't stop but then i i noticed um at mile of smiles where she just stopped and looked and you could see mm-hmm. her just smile and sort of take it in like yeah it's working i like i'm needed do you have those moments of like it's working i'm so happy yeah i mean we we are all as you can imagine in a high state of stress at the moment because you know there's a lot there's a lot that we've got to do um there's a lot that you know you can't do until a certain point and you know the festival build is starting and we've got stages in different places and all that kind of thing um and then obviously you kind of have your first couple of days at the festival where you know if you've forgotten to do anything or this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened and then you know obviously we've got the additional issue this year with covid you know what happens if a if a band gets a band member gets covid and we have to replace them and all that kind of stuff um so normally by about sunday sunday is the point where you kind of get to going oh yeah this is really good Mm -hmm. and you've just started to relax and then it's all over and it's packing up and it's like okay what worked this year and it is, I think people people think being a festival organiser is a really, oh, it's a really cool job. It is relentless. It is very, very hard work. Um, I mean, it's great. Ultimately, all you want out of it is somebody to come to, and to your festival and go, oh, my God, wow, that was amazing. That was the best weekend of my life. And all that, you know, those hours of meetings that you had in february about what kind of hand sanitizer to use or should we do that or should we do that or you know it just makes it all worthwhile really and i think that's why we're so we're literally sort of like you know swans at the moment so we're going along everything's really cool and then underneath the surface doing a thousand more different things but we're doing that so hopefully people come and have this amazing experience and that's what it's all about and sometimes for me you know as i'm sort of dashing from one place to another you just kind of, you look and you hear the music and there'll be, as I said earlier, you know, there'll be a group of people sitting over there on the grass, you know, chatting with friends in a coffee. There'll be a bit of music going on over there. You know, there'll be a yoga workshop over there. There'll be kids playing in the, you know, in the circus arena and stuff. And you just go, ah, oh, this is it. And I think that's that will be an amazing moment at some point on Friday or Saturday where you're just like, yes, we did it you know mm. screw you covid we've done it 
<laughs> yeah, the, the defiance in you is great. Um, the, um, <laughs> the the important thing is feedback. Obviously, like, have you have you been paying attention to a lot of the comments and things on Facebook? Is it really important to kind of build a picture of this event before it happens? Um, I think it's you know we we are aware of the weight of expectation from people. <laughs> I mean, the one thing about our festival goers is we have a very very loyal fan base. So we have a lot of people who come back um, year and year in and year out and they've been coming for years and they bought a couple of friends and then those couple of friends bought a couple of friends and then a couple of friends bought a couple of friends and, you know, they might go away and come back and the kids grow up and then they leave home and then the kids come with their own kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they they are so willing and want to have such a good weekend and they know that we are doing everything we possibly can to make it a good weekend for mm -hmm. them um yeah the 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 support and goodwill from people has been amazing because they've missed this as much as we have you know they for some people um this weekend this festival weekend is the highlight of their year um, it's their annual holiday. It's the time they meet up with those friends. It's that one weekend they spend with all their old friends from uni or something like that. Um, and it's a real, you know, date in their calendar. Um, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's experience, festival experience is different. You know, we'll get feedback that we're going, oh my God, you had the best festival toilets I've ever seen. And then somebody <laughs> will be going, I went into a toilet at 12 o'clock on Saturday and there was no toilet roll and that's appalling. Um, but you know Can't everybody win. has a different Can't yeah you, everybody has <laughs> but the general strength of feeling and love for the festival um is incredible and you know we obviously really welcome feedback like you know whatever that might be um but yeah it's 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 i think the overwhelming feeling is 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 one of goodwill really at the moment you know we have worked our little socks off quite frankly to get the festival to a point where we are offering what we would normally offer then you know we have we set ourselves really high standards you know we don't just want to you know bung a stage up and put a few bands on and hope it all works out okay you know we we've worked really hard over the last 20 odd years to build a successful reputation with an international reputation and this is not just a reputation amongst festival goers it's amongst bands they want to perform at our festival um you know people want to be on that stage they want to be on our lineup um and you know we're not going to let one missed year change all of that you know we it, we intend it to be as great as it will would ever be albeit slightly different this year Amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I concur absolutely. And, you know, I was talking about um, the livelihood of the, the, the stage hire people, the roadies, the people that mm. come and it's their, it's their job, you know, if there's no festivals, they don't get paid, you know, and that that's one of the sectors that wasn't looked after mm. during COVID. Well, so, uh, I mean, there know. is still no, well, there is an insurance scheme coming in for festivals, but unhelpfully for us, it begins on September the 1st. Um, you know, we were lucky enough to get some grants from the government to keep us going um, between festivals. But, you know, that obviously has to pay people who work 
for the festival. Yeah. Um, you know, we have costs to keep going. We couldn't just sit back and not do anything and then suddenly put together a festival in two weeks. We had to be organizing things, booking things, paying yeah. things, paying deposits. So that is that is where that money Huge gamble. Gone. Huge but, gamble. Yeah, but, you know, there are – and sadly, you know, there are marquee companies, caterers, crafters um, – I don't know, toilet hire people, a lot of people that we've dealt with have gone out of business because of this. So that's an, yet another reason for us to make sure that we could put on a festival this year and, you know, give that work to people who need it. And, and you know, I witnessed good the, this kind of goodwill you're talking about. Just yesterday, actually, I was I went to pick up my kid. He'd been to um, uh, like a, a, a summer camp activities thing with Shrewsbury mm-hmm. Town the community so I went to the stadium anyway to pick him up and there's this huge wall thing uh, with loads of people's names on and one of my friends walked past he's like I'm on there and I was like are you really why he's like I'm a season ticket holder and I didn't ask for a refund during the COVID era mm-hmm. so they can keep I was like so you just gave them your money and he's like yeah and you know I was like, I was blown away I was like so I mean season tickets for football aren't cheap you know what I mean so people's no. just gone yeah you can keep my money and that's goodwill that's that's somebody saying to mm. something that they love I want you to survive you know and that's beautiful oh, it really is. you know having having um obviously when we said we weren't having a festival in 2019 we offered people the opportunity to have a refund or to have a um you know to roll over their tickets till 2021 and you know we were overwhelmed by the amount of people who held on to their tickets and that's such a you know shows so much faith in us um but also then the amount of people who've bought tickets for this year believing it will happen um and you know that's another thing that has sort of kept us going you know there have been some really dark moments i'm not you know being overly dramatic um, but, you know, this festival costs hundreds of thousands of pounds to put on. And that's a big financial risk to say, yes, we're going to do it. Yes, we're going to do it without an insurance. And that is why so many festivals aren't happening this year. Um, but, you know, we were just so determined for all the reasons I've talked about in the last you know, few minutes to do it. Um, we've had to have some pretty strong nerves. Um, but, you know, we can see we can see the end is in sight and we're so close now. Um, oh, I bloody so, hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I really do. Ooh. It's been a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, last, last time I spoke to you um, in 2019, you pretty much sold out tickets. It was one of the, you know, you said it sell, always sells up pretty quickly. Um, mm. has, has, has COVID affected the, uh, the ticket sales this year? Well, it's all been a bit weird because obviously we had all the tickets We'd, when we um, postponed in April last year, 2020, we were at that point in our ticket cycle. So I think we'd sold over half of our tickets um, by that point last year. So they all got rolled over to this year. And then ah. there's been a obviously a lull where people are waiting to see has is the festival going to happen? What's happening with the festival? Um, but definitely, you know, we've seen um, a massive surge and we are actually really close to what we would normally sell. Really, really close. Um, obviously, you know, we're not going to talk about that publicly, um, but <laughs> we are we are not that far away from where we normally are, which is amazing. Is that Which is really amazing? good. Considering we've had a lot of people who've sort of said, oh, you know, I'm really not comfortable about coming this year or I don't want an open air stage. So they've rolled over their tickets. So we've already got tickets that are sold for next year, if that makes sense. But, yeah, we will have some day tickets and some weekend tickets. The one thing I would say is that 
the availability on our website. So if you go on uh, shoesbefolkfestival.co.uk and then click on the ticket link, um, that will take you to our ticket page. And that is always live. So it's live information there. So it says, if it says, if, if there are three Friday tickets, you'll be able to book three Friday tickets. If there are, you know, if there are no weekend tickets left, you won't be able to book a weekend ticket. Um, okay. So, yeah. And the other thing is, of course, amazingly, the weather is supposed to look really nice. I saw so your post today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a nice weather combined with a bank holiday weekend, you know, might entice a few more Shrewsbury folk to come and see what we're about. I'm I'm really excited to come because I, I couldn't come last time. I'm really excited to come and see this for the first time because I do get really emotional at things like this. When I went to the Battle of Shrewsbury, I was like, oh my God, this is actually really, really nice, you know? Mm. So when I when I come to the Folk Festival, I'll be making the absolute most of it. And listeners, you listen to this now on the Monday. We've recorded this quickly and got it out. Uh, quickly for the Monday because it is this weekend coming up. You've got a few days to go and get your tickets left. And, you know, we will be there. Obviously, there'll be much more uh, exciting things to see than the Shrewsbury Biscuit there. Of course, this is the Folk Festival. Those of uh, amazing things going on. But if you do want an interview and you want to talk about your experiences, uh, look for the guy in the Shrewsbury Biscuit t-shirt. I, I usually wear like a red shirt as well. So just look, look up for me and uh, we'll get an interview because that's what we're here to do. I want I want to speak to some of the artists. I want to speak to some people that are at the festival. Uh, and if they're enjoying it, and I will probably try and chase you down with a microphone too, Joe. So, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. If you can, if you can find me, stop that woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. What I want you to do, Joe, is I want you. Anybody that's listening to this, that's kind of on the fence, listening to this podcast, and oh, should I? Shan't I? Uh, I want you to try and sell the festival. Try and get people to buy tickets. So tell people why they should. It is without a doubt. Um, something that you will be amazed by you know amazing production values amazing music um just an amazing site so much to do for kids you know there's a whole kids festival there's a youth festival there's workshops you know there's a there's a whole craft village food village um you know come and hop aboard the cocktail bus you know if you've never been on a double decker cocktail bus now's your chance um you know real ale coming out of your ears literally um it is just the friendliest nicest place to be on the bank holiday weekend and you know if the sun is shining i there, there won't be anywhere better to be I can't wait. I can't wait. Listeners, I hope you prefer. Uh, uh, I thought that you need convincing. This play, this 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 festival's huge. People like really do adore this festival. So I don't think we need to convince people too much. But if you come in, guys, um, let us know. I would love to for you to get in touch with us and let us know if uh, just by the power power of this podcast, you've gone out and bought a ticket. And Joe, I do wish you guys the best best of luck for for the, for that weekend because um, you've had a torrid year and you deserve a bit of success. So. Um, Thank you. Uh, genuinely from the bottom of my heart I've, everybody that's involved with the festival i wish you the best of luck um where can people um obviously you mentioned the website uh, which is shrewsburyfolkfestival.co.uk but where can people find you guys on social media yeah so we're on facebook at shrewsbury folk festival twitter at shrewsbury folk and instagram at shrewsbury folk festival as well so everything you need to know have a look through those feeds I think it gives you a really good idea of who we are and, and what we're about. And yeah, we'd love to see you there. Is there a hashtag for people to attach to their pictures and stuff if they go? Uh... Uh, it kind of differs, but a lot of people use Shrews Folk or Shrewsbury Folk or Shrewsbury Folk Festival. But yeah, we'll find you. Just give us a tag and uh, yeah, look forward Fantastic. to seeing all your posts. Amazing. 
great. I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, right, before we go, because I know we, we said half an hour, it's like, well, not 40 minutes. Oh, what are you doing? We had a great conversation. That's what it is. Um, I need to tell you guys, obviously, about Pod Aid. Um, Pod Aid is a great a charity event that we're doing in September. Uh, on 9 a.m. on the 29th of September, we'll be going live um, for a 24-hour-long podcast. We're not going to stop until 9 a.m. on the 30th of September. Um, we're doing this in order to raise money for Lingen Davis. I'm uh, bringing up the uh, the uh, the images if you guys can see it, but you can't. Um, <laughs> we're raising money for Lingen Davis, and this we've got our, our sponsors. We've reached. They're doing our marketing, our social media. They designed our logos. They're doing an amazing job. We've got a venue thanks to Shrewsbury Town Community. We're using their Reach Community Hub. We're going to be there for 24 hours. It's going to be amazing. And we've got an amazing lineup and a huge amazing lineup. And we're just going to keep bringing you guest after guest after guest after guest. It's going to be amazing. So uh, make sure you follow uh, Podbean on social media. So there is a pod, uh, sorry, pod aid Facebook page, a pod aid Instagram page, and uh, we're on LinkedIn as well. Um, so please, please, please uh, show us some support. It's going to be a great event. Um, and yeah, that's uh, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Genuinely. Thank you so much. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Um, Peace out, guys. Bye.